0: Welcome to the latest episode of pinnacles nfl insights i'm your host eric eager from sumer sports and i'm alongside pff data analyst ben brown to help guide you through the world of the nfl with week-to-week reflections and projections so ben firstly i gotta tell you i feel pretty good about what the value we've been giving out on this show last week last time we did this or it was two weeks ago. The Jags were four and eight, coming off right. a loss, a bad loss to the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions team that we have been backing all year. Now it's seven and seven, by the way. Um, over the wind over the wind total, right? So. Over the win total already. You're welcome, everybody. But I I also said, look, there's a place to look for in value in the divisions market, and I didn't point out the Jags specifically, but the Jags were the were the reason. And I right. said, look, the Jaguars or The Indianapolis Colts or the Houston Texans at 14 to one to unseat Tennessee by the end of the season was a really good bet. Now the Jags are like what, you know, pretty, pretty close to even money uh, to win that division after a win, not only in Tennessee, but also against Dallas to come from behind win. That was to me the most memorable thing of the last two weeks, Ben. Uh, What had, what's your been your reflections over the past
1: couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been, uh, I would say, wild in in the NFL from an NFL perspective, right? I think early on in the season, everyone's talking about, you know, scoring, being down defenses, being ahead of offenses and all these things. But I think we kind of expected the offenses at least the good ones to kind of catch up at some point we've definitely seen that i would say uh play out and i think there's no better example than you know kind of what the minnesota vikings did against a very uh i would say league average to above the league average indianapolis colts defensive unit that in a lot of ways does things the right way but still could not get any sort of stops in the second half against the minnesota vikings team that seemed intent on uh you know kind of coming back so i think that we're still in in the spot that we've been in in prior seasons, where offense is very much going to dictate just how far uh, these teams end up going. And I think that if there is any value on, you know, some of these opportunities in like the futures market at Pinnacle, kind of like what you touched on with the Jacksonville Jaguars, like they are a much better offensive team than the current state of the Tennessee Titans two weeks ago. Uh, and we've kind of seen that play out. And even though they maybe don't have a dominant prototypical number one wide receiver, like Trevor Lawrence is playing, you know, some of the best, you know, quarterbacking in football right now. I think since week nine has been, you know, PFS top graded passing quarterback. And I think that buying into those sorts of teams and and kind of trying to fade some of these teams that have, you know, the high value defensive unit, but maybe haven't had it fully together offensively uh, is definitely going to be my approach over, you know, the latter half of the you know rest of the season and on into the playoffs right now.
0: Yeah, the Titans loses a four straight uh, at pinnacle are now minus 133 to win the AFC South. The field is plus one fourteen, and let's be honest, that's just Jacksonville at right. this point. But you, you know, you look at the AFC. There's a clear bifurcation between the top three teams. The Bills are plus one fifty six to win the conference. The, the Chiefs are plus two forty seven. The Bengals are plus four fifty one. And I actually agree with this. I was on TSN, a Canadian radio station, this morning, and they said, you know, among the non-division winners, who do you like the most? And I agree with Pinnacle here. The next highest, you know, team at eleven to one is the Los Angeles Chargers. And I just think you know, and you have a quarterback who has that kind of talent. Now they haven't been as productive as his talent would suggest, you know, and I think people sometimes overlook that, but, you know, neither was Eli Manning, right? Eli Manning was always a guy that kind of, you know, you know, was messing around in the regular season that would light it up in the playoffs. And you only have to do that once or twice, uh, you know, if the rest of the team can carry you through the, the window there. So I agree with, you know, sort of how it stacks up in the AFC. And, and then if you look at the NFC, It's kind of wide open now with the Eagles, uh, you know, uh, after the Eagles, right? The Eagles basically have to win one more game to get the one seed. Uh, Jalen Hurts is injured, but Gardner Minshew, I think, is more than capable of winning one out of the next three games. So you have the Eagles going one plus 148. The Niners at 260. The Cowboys at four to one, even what's going to be coming out of most likely a wild card. And then you have the aforementioned Minnesota Vikings at 17 to two and the Bucks at 13 to one. And then Ben, you have the Detroit Lions at twenty-five to one to win the NFC. Lines. Uh, I, I am just—I'm absolutely smitten. I'm absolutely in love here uh, with, with that. Ben, do you disagree at all with the ordering of this? Is there—is there a team uh, among these NFC
1: contenders that you think that has value? So I do think, even though kind of like you said, the Cowboys aren't going to win. You know, the, the NFC East—they are going to very much have to come out of the wild card as the fifth seed. But the path to get through the nfc i think it's actually really clear for them especially if you don't buy into you know a tampa bay buccaneers team that we have been continuously waiting on to kind of figure it out and put it together both offensively and defensively and very much haven't done that yet right so i'm kind of done waiting on the tampa bay buccaneers they probably are gonna back into you know that fourth seed uh but them winning a home playoff game against the dallas cowboys team i think is definitely going to be a stretch uh i know Dallas kind of helped our, our our Jaguars futures out a little bit by kind of in a lot of ways gift wrapping that game after being up 10, 27 to 10 in week 15 and, and giving a couple interceptions, one for a pick six that I think very much wasn't Dak Prescott's fault, but I, I still look at the Cowboys as maybe, maybe close to, uh, you know, the most complete team in football. I know, you know, the Eagles and 49ers can very much make a case for that as well as the Bills and Chiefs and, and Bengals, but uh, I think given the price for where the Dallas Cowboys are needing to beat a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that I very much expect them to be favored at on the road. And then I think kind of matching up, uh, you know, better than anybody else uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's, you know, the Cowboys are probably the one team where, you know, their front four not needing to blitz can still get a ton of pressure on the best offensive line of football in the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, I think that's going to be the spot where Dallas can maybe dominate that game and if if Prescott plays better than Jalen Hurts uh the Eagles will very much be on upset alert and then from there you know they they're going to have to beat either San Francisco or Minnesota or some sort of upset caliber team you know in to win the NFC championship game but uh, i think once they get there like they're going to probably be the favorite if they get there i think they're probably going to be favored in that match as well even if, even that being on the road once again so I think Dallas makes some sense. And I do think that given the price where they're currently at, that's probably the only look I like in the NFC right now, unless you're, unless you do want to, you know, hope for, I would say absolute chaos and and take one of these teams that, you know, very much haven't locked in that playoff berth right now, but maybe have an opportunity to kind of get hot at the right time and run through it. But I, I, as much as I love the lions, uh, I just don't think they have enough defensively, to match up well enough uh, with a team that can kind of, you know, I would say run over them. So uh, th- and, and the other two teams that are kind of vying for those last couple NFC playoff spots, like they just, they just don't offer enough either offensively or defensively to, me to, for me to think that they compete with the upper line of the NFC. So I, I'm going the Cowboys if anything, but uh, I don't feel, I would say overly strongly about that. that yeah. I, that I like that as well too, though. I
0: mean, I think, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know the the thing. Like I, let, let's let's be serious for a second about Detroit. Like the roar has already been restored. It, right. If you haven't made money off Detroit this year yet, um, there's no more bets to be made, right? Well, all, be- like everybody knows that they're a good team now. That they were, fa- you know, they were basically you know, uh, pick them with the Jets on a neutral last week. They're, uh, you know, uh, road favorites in Carolina. Now they're going to be home favorites against uh, uh, the Bears and then like against Green Bay, which, you know, I do think if you really want to take a long shot stab, Green Bay at 60 to one is maybe the play just because, um, you know, if their defense figures a few things out, I think mostly last, you know, last you know Monday it was mostly the Rams being terrible, but that is one where the quarterback, you know, if, and I, I do a show on the Hammer Betting Network that's actually, you know, B- B- Pinnacle is a sponsor of the network um, with Rob Pizzola who is a Dallas Cowboys fan. And, you know, there's a couple of notions that we explored you know, over the past few shows. A, if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't make the playoffs with Green Bay, which is unlikely, Dak Prescott's probably the best quarterback in the NFC playoffs. Um, right. and, and that carries a lot of weight. And, you know, I know that they got spanked by Tampa Bay at home in week one, but I do think they'll be favored in Tampa Bay in week uh, 19 should they you know obviously should that be the matchup um i also think that any other matchup if anybody else won the nfc south then <laughs> the dallas cowboys would be favored by even more right, right so like right. A, any uncertainty there plays in dallas's favor and then i think with the eagles like rob brought up he said look like what's the eagles most impressive win and i think we have to conclude the eagles most impressive win this year was week one against detroit Right. So, looking back, you know they it, haven't right. been tested, and when they have been tested, you know they got behind against Washington at home. They lost, and and when they got behind against Indianapolis at Jeff Saturday, it was a privilege. Uh, even though right. they won, right. they had to take a drive where Jalen Hurts didn't throw the ball, complete the ball once to come back and win. So, you know, basically, you're betting on Dallas as a four. To, it, this is it's not that simple because there's uncertainty, but you're betting four to one that Dallas can kind of beat the Eagles and then, but then again, uncertainty plays into your favor because you're probably playing the Niners on the road in the NFC, NFC title game with a young quarterback right, who right. has probably played his best football so far. The league starts figuring him out a little bit. Like you're either doing that or you're playing the Minnesota Vikings team that you beat by 37 points or something the other, you right. know, a few weeks ago. So I think things are looking up for Dallas. I think that's a really sharp uh, look at, at where things are. Um, speaking of, you know, you know futures market the the most valuable player award is off the board at pinnacle i do i do you know last time i did talk um i can't remember if there was this show or a different show about taking the field against jalen hurts just because again um i just think i just don't think jalen hurts has the resume relative to patrick mahomes it doesn't mean he hasn't been amazing but i, I think mahomes leading the league in apa leading the league and uh things like that like i think that um, you know, and having a yeah, you know, doing that without, you know, the I mean the Eagles brought in Adrian Brown, the Chiefs traded away Tyree Kill, and you're still getting great uh, upside there. And, and for that reason, I'm gonna give out, you know, my thought is right now you can get the Chiefs at pinnacle at five plus five twenty-four. That's my bet right now. Um the Bengals right now are playing better than any team in the AFC, and Buffalo's the favorite. I think Buffalo is kind of finding their legs a little bit. I think the Chiefs are, you know, when they all but one of their first like 11 or 10 or 11 games were against teams with winning records last year. And now they're starting to play teams without them. And they're just kind of messing around. And I think the last few Super Bowl winning teams, Ben, have done that, right? Like the, yeah. the Bucks kind of, you know, they got killed by uh, the Saints. They got um, you know, beat by, by Kansas City. They get the late buy, then they charge on, right? Um, they had a game against the Falcons the year they won the Super Bowl where they were down 24-7 in the third quarter. Came back and won, you know, last year's Rams. Like, you messed around, lost three or four, then lost week, week 18. They go and win the Super Bowl. I don't think peaking right now like the Bengals are and possibly the Bills eventually are is actually good. I think Kansas City percolating beneath the surface is a good value of plus 524 on Pinnacle.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I I actually do tend to agree with you. I do think that the idea of like peaking at the right time, uh it is very much something. And I think you can go back to the Eagles as well. Like they probably in some ways have already peaked as far as like how high they're gonna get. Now they are kind of dealing with some of the injury situations as well. So uh I'm with you on the Chiefs. I don't feel comfortable, you know, looking at some of their spots, especially like you know, last weekend against the Texans and then this weekend as nine and a half point favorites against Seattle. Like I'm very much not gonna get involved with the Kansas City Chiefs team, who, like you said, it, it very much is messing around with some of these teams and not really putting them away, but I think long-term from a futures perspective, that's the spot that you can definitely buy into the Kansas city Chiefs. So I do want to go back. I know, I know Pinnacle doesn't have like the MVP award uh, and things have changed dramatically with Jalen hurts injury. It seems like if, if Gardner Minshew kind of going back to it, if Minshew does play well, like, like that's much gonna make a much stronger case for why Jalen Hurts probably shouldn't win MVP, and also a much stronger case for why Nick Sirianni, you know, very much should be running away with the Coach of the Year, um, you know, award as well. But I think a, another guy, depending on where he opens up at, um, you know, outside of Patrick Mahomes, um, another guy for the MVP market in Pinnacle, I think is kind of intriguing right now, uh, and could be, you know, is gonna have a strong case if they do end up winning out and do get that number one seed is Joel Burrow, especially because like the talent surrounding him, Like we all just assume he has like the best receiving unit in football, but that unit has been, I would say very banged up. And I think if you're looking at, you know, from a PFF perspective, you know, like the war metric that you developed, like, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is very much, you know, the best player in football in that metric, but very close behind him is Joe Burrow. And I think that they, they do exceed expectations and do end up locking maybe, you know, getting through the back door and getting that AFC number one seed. Like uh, I, I, I think it's Joe Burrow's award to lose right now. And that plus money, Like, I don't hate that as a sprinkle once Pinnacle kind of reopens up that market as well would be the the only real look I could get behind from an MVP perspective.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I think Josh Allen has a chance as well. Um, And, you know, given how well he played, I mean, ultimately, that that Bill's Bengals game. You know, is likely going to decide the one seed in the AFC and and it's going to be a, you know, a movie scene, uh, if you will. And I I think the quarterback that plays better in that game is going to be the second runner up to Mahomes. I I think with Mahomes, you know, you really only have the you only have boredom on the on the part of the the folks that are, um, you know, Uh, voting, right? Like they had a bunch of primetime games early. He played well in almost all of them. And then now you have one o'clock games, you know, against Seattle this week, you have, um, you know, you have uh, Denver the following week on New Year's Day. That's again, a noon game in Kansas city. And then you have a Vegas game on the road, uh, that I don't think many people are going to tune into. And, and to me, it's just going to be boredom. I mean, he was brilliant. I mean, he, even in three interception game against Denver, he was brilliant. Um, and at other times. And then last week he was amazing, even though his team let him down a little bit with some fumbles. So that, 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 I mean, I I think he's just so much ahead that the chiefs offense leads the league in EPA on early downs. They lead the league in EPA on late downs. They're just an absolute bust. Um, to your point about Sirianni, Sirianni on fourth down decisions, timeout decisions, delay a game avoidance uh, and two point conversion decisions has added two thirds of a win um, to his team. There are basically you have to look at the war value that I made up. But like I there are not there's like maybe one or two non quarterbacks who even touch that number, right, uh, right. you know, as far as wins above replacement in the NFL this year so. Uh, I I just think he's been he's been terrific and should win coach of the year, even though that means ripping up our Kevin O'Connell tickets, Ben. So let's go ahead and look at this week's games. I do want to start with Thursday um, tomorrow. You know, as we record Wednesday, Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars go on the road uh, to face the New York Jets. It's about a pick up, right? You know, Jaguars are minus one oh eight. Jets are minus one oh four. Obviously, low vague, a great book like Pinnacle Sports. Ben, what do you think about this? When you have injuries on the Jaguars' offensive line, you have injuries at important positions for the Jets, namely quarterback and defensive tackle, and Quinnen Williams. Um, total on this game quite low. Uh, what do you think
1: about this game, Ben? Yeah, I am. I am. I would say very worried about the Cam Robinson injury situation, especially given the Jets. You know, front four. I think they have the, like the fourth best pressure rate in football coming in. You know, second best defense, and I think. They kind of match up well, uh, against what I would say is still a very middling Jaguars receiving unit, right? I think Sauce Gardner is going to be able to probably shut down Zay Jones. So, uh, this is going to need to be a spot where Trevor Lawrence kind of wins this game on his brilliance because outside of that, like, uh, like I think the Jets have the clear advantage of basically every single position that matters here. So I'm concerned for the Jaguars, but I'm also, uh, still think that they are probably the only side to bet right now, maybe it comes down to a Zach Wilson, you know, terrible, terrible interception or something like that. That kind of tilts the favor in the Jaguars direction. But, uh, he's, he's just not a guy that I want to get behind for my betting money right now. So, uh, if, if I'm forced to make a play, I think I got to go Jags plus one, even though, uh, I am pretty concerned about laying, I am pretty concerned about, um, backing them given the injury situation that they're going to be dealing with as well. Yeah, for
0: sure. I think without Williams, it, you know, who truly is, uh, you know, day to day, but he's, you know, the best, one of the best defensive linemen going. Um, it's going to be harder for them, uh, for sure. But. Uh, and and the Jaguars, you know, sort of a masterclass, them and the Lions, a masterclass in like what why betting markets matter and why efficiency matters. The Jags were sitting there at two and six with basically a positive point differential, um, losing a bunch of one square games. I mean, I think they lost like a bunch of one square games in a row. Now you come at it the last few weeks, and you know, other than like getting blown out by Detroit, they, they've won a lot of close games. And um, and they've done it, you know, with last week with some defensive plays, right? Plays that, you know. Zach Wilson's gonna give an opportunity to make. Uh right. so you know, to me, it might just be because I have Jaguars futures and you know, I think if you have them, um, you know, just you know, don't double down, right? Like you're you're the the roar has been restored uh, for for uh uh, lack of a better term. Um, but I do think I I do like the Jags in this one, which would put the Jets at seven and eight. And I think at that point the Jets just have to play Zach Wilson the rest of the year and figure out what they have and 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 move on from him next year should he fail, which I think we all expect to happen. Um okay let's do uh let's do Lions Panthers, right? Because Lions here minus three plus one twelve. So basically a two and a half. Uh they're on the road against the Panthers. Uh Lions minus one forty, money line Panthers plus one twenty five. Uh, lowish total about 44, I believe. Um, and you know, this is one that's interesting, right? Because I think the Panthers were a lot of people's darling going into last week. Um, they had a 500 record with Steve Wilkes at the helm. Um, they, they, they got to host a Pittsburgh team that I think many people didn't believe were very good at five and eight. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was playing the backup quarterback for Pittsburgh. And I gotta say like the Panthers got kind of rolled in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, especially defensively where they, you know, needed a stop, couldn't get one. Uh, and then Sam Darnold, you sort of saw some of the bloom come off the rose there, uh, after a couple encouraging starts there, uh, Detroit's installed as a favorite. Um, you know, one of the, <laughs> the few times they will ever be a road favorite, I think, uh, over the last few years. Um, what do you think about this game, Ben?
1: Yeah, it's weird because I—I I mean, it did kind of open at three, and I know it's still sitting at Pinnacle at like a plus one twelve price minus three, but it seems like it very much is headed for two and a half, which is weird. The market, uh, uh, the—I uh, guess like the 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 resistance to you know the Lions being a three point favorite on the road. I, I don't know, but I I like I like I like the Lions minus two and a half. I think if you're getting in a plus one twelve price on Pinnacle, that's the correct side as well. Mainly, I, I just don't buy into the Carolina Panthers. I don't buy into a Sam Darnold redemption story. Goff very much, I would say, the better quarterback in this matchup, and I don't think defensively, like uh, you know, the Panthers you know, I think CJ Henderson's kind of coming out of that game a little bit banged up. Don't really have I would say the secondary that's going to be able to slow down, you know, Amon, Ross, St. Brown, or any of the other Lions, you know, receiving units. So uh, I think the Lions win. I think they win comfortably. I love the Steelers last week in the spot against the Carolina Panthers. And I think that, you know, going back and continue to kind of fade them as they, you know, chug along and, and kind of fall apart at the rest of the, at the end of the season is very much the narrative that I think is going to play out here. So uh, I'm riding it. I'm I'm doing what you said now. Not to do doubling down on the Lions <laughs> uh for like the 10th straight time 10 and 4 against the spread in, in some ways they do feel like they are maybe a little bit overvalued by the betting market but they kind of continue to cover as well so i think that maybe is just like a miscalculation from my part but uh very much Lions are bust uh two and a half slam dunk three with 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 some heavy juice uh i, I also can be very comfortable playing as well yeah, the Lions, over the
0: last four games, I want to say, five games, have only allowed one 100-yard rushing game by an entire team, not just a rusher. Right. They've really, like, early in the season, you think back to the game where they lost 48-45 to Seattle and how, you know, Shad Penny ran all over them. Same thing with the Eagles. Like, they've completely figured out how to stop the run. And that, you know, with Carolina, you know, with their, you know, backup running backs that have played in the stead of Christian McCaffrey have all been pretty effective. And part of, you know, I think a broader plan of their offense being better than expected with Sam Darnold. I don't think that, I, I think it ends up being a game where Sam Darnold has to beat Detroit and good luck, in, in my opinion. In fact, right. uh, I think Detroit with Kirby Joseph and, and you know, Jeff Okuda and uh, they're getting some play out of, that, out of that secondary that they weren't expecting uh, in the preseason. So I agree. I like Detroit there as a road uh road favorites so now we have two cats two road favorites um let's let's move on to, to a bird seattle goes to kansas city seattle wants the toast of the town uh at six and three um have fallen to seven and seven with really only a road or only a win against a bad los angeles rams team coming from behind uh you know on that side of the ledger they do have a tiebreaker with the lions um, so they have that going for, for them, but they go to on the road, they're 10 point underdogs. Um, you know, basically even on both sides there with Kansas city, the chiefs 17 and 28, uh, over their last 45 games against the number, uh, going back to 2020, um, this season, they're five and nine against the number per stat news. Um, this is a weird one because I think a lot of people compare the current Chiefs to the past Patriots, um, and I understand the comparison because of the winning. But the but the Patriots in the Brady era were a house against the spread. Right. This Kansas City team can't cover a spread to save their lives, right. and, and so I don't know if there's a side you can take other than Seattle here. Good quarterback play. I know they don't have Lockett. Bad run game, but I think the bad run defense for Seattle almost plays into the chiefs not being able to cover this number because there's going to be fewer possessions and, and you know the chiefs have made mistakes two turnovers last week three the week prior um what do you think of this game man
1: yeah so the the one concern for me from seattle side and i do agree they are the only spot that i'm going to be playing pregame. like if you want the chiefs just wait till an in-game number and, and, and hit that when it's available but the concern for me ryan neal questionable pff's number one uh you know Safety from a war perspective. If he's out against this Chiefs offense, like that's a spot where they can maybe blow the doors off them. Cause obviously they don't have Jamal Adams either, who isn't a very good coverage safety. But uh, I think Ryan Neal's kind of been the key leg injury, really highly graded. Like if he doesn't go, this could be pretty ugly for Seattle. But if he is available, um, I think they can do enough offensively to have a shot to maybe even win this game outright at the end. If they don't, uh, I still very much see it finishing within you know, a touchdown differential. So I like Seattle plus 10. Uh, I, I know, you know, we, we back the chiefs as often as we can. Probably you can get a pretty decent middle opportunity. If you do take the the Seahawks pregame chiefs in game uh, it is probably going to be how I approach this matchup. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that play as a chief fan. It
0: pains me to take them uh, against, you know, to, to bet against them against the spread, but you know, it, it's been a profitable strategy for folks for a while now. Um, let's just let's not even try to handicap this game. Be, I just want to talk about the line movement. The, the Eagles go to Dallas. That game opened. Uh, Dallas minus one and a half. I think most people bristle at that idea, but th- they were the same people that bristle at the idea that Dallas is favored in Minnesota. Um, it got out, you know, the, as people know, the sharp betters, not the market, not Vegas, quote unquote, but the sharp betters know before anybody that got out to two and a half, to three, to three and a half, all the way out to six. Uh, once it was announced that Jalen Hurts was legitimately injured, and now you're seeing it at four. Um, you lay a little bit more for Dallas at minus 109 to Philly minus 103. Just talking about the the, the line movement there. Um, you know, I I, I think that the, there's really no bet to make on this game right now. I think it's right in the middle there, where you're not, you know, you're expecting a Dallas team to win by margin, which they've struggled with against good teams, um, and you're expecting Gardner Minshew to cover uh, less than a touchdown against a great team. Um, so I I don't think there's any bet to make there, Ben, but like, what would you say about this game?
1: Yeah, it it has been interesting because we did push all the way out to six. I think the market resistance back to four and a half was maybe some optimism about Jalen Hurts' availability, but, uh, I, I I don't think there's like any way or reason why he should play in this particular game. So I think it's very much going to be Gardner Minshew when we do get that news officially. I do think we move back to six, six and a half, maybe even seven. The concern for me is like Gardner Minshew has been really good, but I do think him kind of coming in, especially with the way this offense is designed. Isn't really going to maximize the strength that they have along the offensive line and, and having the RPO options and having Jalen Hurts be able to get out in space and actually create some things with his legs. I don't think Minshew is really going to be able to do that all that much. I also think some of the downfield throwing as well is going to change with Gardner Minshew as who has been very much, you know, more successful in kind of these dip and dunk low A yeah. dot type throws and those sorts of things. So I think the, the, the offense is going to have a pretty fundamental shift. And I think that concerns me. More so than just like the drop off from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew, right? Because I do think Gardner Minshew is a very capable backup quarterback, but kind of reinventing the, the scheme or something for a one-week game, like that that concerns me. Minshew, you know, ha- has been in and out of practice as well, doing some traveling and those sorts of things. So I'm concerned. I do think the only spot I would be comfortable playing right now is the Cowboys. Uh, But I, I, I think you can definitely wait on, you know, more solid news, I would say, from the, the Eagles quarterback perspective. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, cool. So that that's that gets us all the way to Saturday, Sunday's games. They're okay. I mean, I think you know Green Bay versus Miami will be an interesting one. Every game beyond that is sort of a good team against a bad team or two bad teams. But um, you know, beyond that, I think most of the meat in the NFL week. Uh, we we uh, week 16 schedule is going to be Thursday night uh, and then Saturday, Christmas Eve. Um, let's go finish this off with a bowl pick for each one of us. Right. Because, um, you know, we we look we had we gave out some winners last time. We did talk about the college football playoff. We're, we're going to be able to talk about that again before, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, again on this show. Uh, when we get to the the championship game. Um, but Ben, what is your favorite bowl game from here uh, until the new year?
1: So uh, I am looking at, I do think the, Clarence, or the, uh, the Middle Tennessee-San Diego State game is interesting. Obviously, San Diego State pushed out to a seven-points favorite. Uh, I-, I think Middle Tennessee at least matches up pretty well against them. Uh, both offenses really bad, so it's obviously going to be a situation where this game is probably going to stay close unless we do get some sort of turnover, uh, you know, pick-six type situation. But I think Middle Tennessee can keep it close enough to cover the seven-point spread. So I think if you're looking for maybe some more action, uh, I like middle Tennessee plus seven. I, like, I also like the under 49 and a half in that particular game. Uh, yep. I, I do think it stays pretty close. And that's probably the spot that I'm looking at, you know, uh, as a Saturday night, uh, you know, sun spot here after the NFL games we got coming up for us. Yeah, absolutely. My, where I'm going to look is is on December
0: 30th. I'm going to look at Pittsburgh getting three and a half minus 110 uh, against UCLA. Love UCLA. Uh, Chip is an investor, PFF, where obviously you work and I used to work. Um, so love, love UCLA. But you no, know, no Dorian Thompson Robinson. That was, I think, reported. Um, I just don't think this number has moved enough. No Zach Charbonnet as well, who's one of the best running backs in college football. So I'm going to take the points uh, with Pittsburgh, even plus 141 on the money line. Feels like a, a solid play, Ben. Um, we, we talked about, you know, the college football playoff futures. They haven't changed a whole lot. Uh, just to recap, you know, Georgia's minus 141. Michigan is plus 280. Ohio State is plus 390 and 15 to 1. TCU uh, brings up the rear. I don't think there's a ton of value there, Ben, um, anymore. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, I think individual games, you, you've seen some movement. Uh, you know, away from Michigan towards TCU uh, and the number for Georgia, Ohio state has mostly stayed flat there. Um, But, but, you know, good, good games coming up there in the college football playoff in a year where we've kind of gotten some weird, uh, you know, (laughs) weird Weird. teams in there like TCU. Uh, But just to recap TCU plus seven and a half against Michigan in the early game, Ohio state plus six and a half trending towards seven against Georgia in the late game. So, um, you know, that'll basically do it for us, Ben. Um, You know, I, this is a lot of fun. I've I've loved doing this all year. I can't wait to do it uh, in two weeks when we're coming up on week 18 and the playoffs. So um, this was the NFL insights podcast for another week at Pinnacle Sports on all platforms to follow and keep up to date with all Pinnacle's latest shows, uh, including the return of EPL Insights with Garrett Wheeler and Jake Othcourt as Premier League Soccer makes its comeback on Boxing Day. Then wow. cool. you know what Boxing Day is?
1: Yeah, so I spent some time in Australia uh, post-college, and I learned all about Boxing Day. Okay. It's apparently a huge thing there as well, December 26th, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Is, so, good,
0: so, so we in the States have Black Friday, Boxing Day – is the day after Christmas, of course, we right. box up your gifts and and return them. I don't know. Like I <laughs> it's, it seems funny to me that we don't have that as a national holiday. It was always the holiday where my cousins and I would go to the Ball of America in, in Minneapolis as a as a treat uh, right. with with our with our Christmas money. Um, but yeah, but now we get the Premier League, Ben. And so you and I got to start betting some Premier League. Uh, to get to get our our, our our competitive juices flowing but uh keep across pinnacle.com for the latest betting insights including mark Taylor's game of the week pinnacles weekly NFL predictions article and the NCAA college football predictions so um, I'm Eric eager at Eric eager underscore on Twitter this is Ben Brown at PF underscore Ben Brown at pinnacle on Twitter Pinnacle sports on YouTube for the latest snippets and and podcasts odds correct at time of recording. please gamble responsibly so for Ben Brown this has been Eric eager this has been the pinnacle NFL Insights Podcast.